Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Back to the Pavilion podcast, where we catch up with cricketers who no longer play the game professionally and have decided to forge a career away from the smell of linseed oil and deep heat and the comfort of the dressing room. If this is your first time listening, welcome. It's great to have you with us. If you've listened before, welcome back. I hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. All episodes are still available, so you can catch up with Jack Russell, Gareth Reese, and Luke Sutton's stories and their visits back to the pavilion. The podcasts are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course our host, Anchor. But today, we welcome a player who has represented both Derbyshire and Leicestershire on over 150 occasions across all formats, scoring nearly 5,000 runs along the way. An elegant left-handed batsman who represented England under-19s, and in 2012 was nominated for Championship Breakthrough Player of the Year after his contribution to Derbyshire's Division 2 Championship winning season. However, three years later in 2015, he was released by Leicestershire after moving counties. But today, we welcome Dan Redfern back to the pavilion. In my last season, um, I had quite a few injuries. I wasn't really featuring all that much, more towards the back end, but I was kind of getting clear that, that I wasn't going to be given another contract. So I had to kind of think about things into the next year and, and, and beyond. Um, but I wouldn't say I kind of had really that much behind me. I, you know, mm. I, did, I made some savings and stuff like that, so I, I gave myself some time. Uh, I always wanted to say, well, I want to take some months off because it had been so full on for what, you know, 10 years that I wanted to kind of have a few months um, where I could just do nothing but obviously plan for the future. Um, but I was quite fortunate because uh, back where I play or where I grew up playing cricket in, in Leith, at least here in North South South Cheshire League, um, one of the guys, a family friend, he is the MD of a, a, a big company and he said he'd give me an opportunity. So I, I had that that was kind of a safety net for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that was really helpful because obviously it took a little bit of stress away from what I'm sure a lot of people are coming out of sport feel when they're kind of just cast into the open world and, um, you know, that bubble bursts in and around county cricket. Um, and, and, and it is quite quite a big eye-opener. Um, I had something to fall back on. Uh, it was kind of a job in, in marketing for a, a roof tile company, a roof systems manufacturer called Marley. Um, and the idea was that uh, I would go into that job uh, and, and test it out as a marketing executive, so kind of shadow, shadowing some of the other marketing um, professionals in that in that company, and see how I liked it. If it wasn't something for me, I would try a little bit of maybe sales on the road with some of the sales team, or even there was an option for me to go into the factory and start working, you know, on, on the lines. Um, but I went into that job in January 2016 and and didn't really look back. I didn't leave out of marketing. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I got into kind of the the, the whole idea of kind of marketing to different audiences and, and trying to get your product and service and your message across and how the different ways of doing that through kind of social media and, and uh, kind of advertising and stuff like that. And it, I found it really interesting. Um, and it's something I just stayed with. Um, so I was really fortunate that I had someone like that. You know, the old age, it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. He, he mm. a guy called David Speakman, who's the MD of that company, he really helped me um, on the kind of closet that I came back and played for my local club. Part of the deal was they'd get me a job, that was the job, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still playing there now, so. and I'm still at that job now, and it's brilliant. And still enjoying it, and has your, 
career progressed? Uh, did you have this kind of idea of this is where I want to be, however many years into it, or has it gone as you expected? Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm four years into that job now. and I started as a marketing exec, and then I, I went to a marketing campaign manager. Now, uh, recently in the last year, I've been uh, promoted to marketing manager, so it's progressing really well, and, uh, and you know, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm getting, I've got a lot more responsibility, and it's now a career the way that I'd, I'd like to see it going forward, you know, that, that it's the building blocks that are there in that, in that company and, and that line of work that I can kind of hopefully keep on moving up and, and keep enjoying it and just, um, like I said, it's so fortunate to get that opportunity and, and to build on the career that I've taken exams in terms of uh, marketing um, qualifications and, and so things are progressing really nicely which is kind of really kind of good for me because obviously uh, you it is a worry when you first come out of the, the game, the, the big, what am I going to do and, and, and where, where am I going to get my next pay packet from and stuff like that. It does, it does um, kind of been heavy on you kind of worrying about that, but, but thankfully I've, I've kind of found, found my feet in a different industry and, and now I'm just really enjoying it. You, you talk about those worries there. How much support do you get towards the end of your cricket career before you, you move into the next stages? I think now, more, more than ever, I think the PCA, the Fresh Cricket Association, are, are fantastic in terms of um, engaging with the players uh, as they're playing because they, they, they kind of understood that too many too many players were coming out of the game with nothing to fall back on, like, like myself in, in a way, no qualifications, no kind of um, substance to go into something that's completely different away from cricket. Um, so they've kind of really took hold of that and said, well, let's talk to all the county players while they're in their you know, in their contracts and say, you need to think about what's going what, what's going to happen for the next thirty, forty, forty years of your professional career because cricket is you know, it's it's ten it ten to fifteen years if you're very lucky. It's a short period of time. And and like I said earlier, you can get into a real bubble um playing professional cricket. I know I, I was guilty of it. You get into a bubble where that in that moment in time that is your life, and that's all you know, um, and and you really don't look past the the two or three years that you've got in contract, or and and it's something that the PCA have really understood that people need to actually think further than that and and give themselves a little bit of security, which in turn would probably be beneficial to to the guys that are playing now to their careers because they're not worrying about what's going to happen at the end of my contract. If they've got something to fall back on, they can probably play a bit more freely in, in the time that they've got playing cricket. Mm. What about, I mean, you, you finish your career with Leicestershire. Do they, when they, how early did the conversation start about, you know, look, Dan, we're not going to be offering you a new contract. Can we can we do anything to help? Was that a conversation that you had? No, I, I never had I never had a conversation with Leicestershire about a contract. It's done through my agent. Right. Um, I was a bit sore about it, to be honest, um, in terms of kind of I, I had injuries, I understand that, and, and I kind of, um, I wouldn't have given myself another contract, but um, I, I never had a kind of sit-down conversation in terms of what, what was next and, and stuff like mm. that. So it was all done to an agent, um, which I wish I'd have done it differently. I wish I'd have been the one to instigate conversations more. Um, but but that's, that's gone, it's, five years ago now, I think. Um, so I didn't really have much else to do with them. I kind of packed my bags and went, and that was 
that was the end of my career. I think my last game was against Derby, yeah. at Derby. So it was a bit of a kind of, and I knew really then that that was my last game. A little bit of a set, like a, a sad moment for me walking off that pitch, but only for me, no one else knew. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, things happen. I enjoyed every every minute of the ten years or nine years, whatever it was that, that I had playing cricket. Was it ever in your mind at that point to to try and find another county, or was was it you know this is it? I've I've run my course. Yeah, to be honest, to be honest with you, I was I was at Leicestershire. But, I mean, at that point, there was not many people getting picked up by other counties that that weren't at Leicestershire. I've been at Derbyshire and went to Leicestershire, and then mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's too many options after that. I, my agent um, at the time for Western spoke to me and said, "Listen, we can. It's worth carrying on trying." And I think I was just I was kind of shot in a way I was like I'm, I'm almost done I'm ready to do something else um, you know the, the the kind of back injury that I had and then that that took a bit of its toll on me I was getting frustrated um, and I, I just didn't really have that towards the, the end of the 2015 season I, I didn't really enjoy it the last couple of months all that much um, and I think going from at that time, maybe not now, but at that time, going from Leicestershire to find somewhere else would have been a, a difficult task. Mm. Uh, it would have involved spending time trialling, maybe second team games, and, and I wasn't at that point in my career where I wanted to put myself through that. Um, you know, I thought I'd played it a fair amount of cricket to not become someone, all respect to people that kind of trial in the second team, it's brilliant that they did I didn't want to become someone that just travelled up and down the country trying to find a place to play yeah. if you know what I mean Do you still play now? Do you still play for your, your local club? Yes well I grew up like I said Lucy and I've, I've, I went back there um, straight after uh, I finished with Leicestershire and uh, I'm, I'm still there so really enjoying that obviously get, get to play back at home with all my my family and my friends where I've grew up growing up. Now I've got children, I'm taking them up. So so they're kind of enjoying it up there. That's in the North South South Cheshire League. Um and and that's kinda of, I I've got a lot of enjoyment back for the game, you know, probably because it, um, I'm playing less obviously once a week you're playing and you kind of look forward to that game on a Saturday and enjoy it. So um it's been really nice to just go back to familiar surroundings and, and go back to just enjoying enjoying my cricket. And are you going well in scoring runs? Not this season, obviously. I've moment. been going all right, yeah. I've been going all right. Um, yeah, so we got promoted last year. Um, so we had a good season as a team. Um, it's quite it's quite a good league. It's getting quite strong. We get some good pros in the league. So uh, it's still a little bit of a challenge, especially on some of the wickets that we play on. Um, but yeah, I've been, doing, I've been doing okay. Doing a bit more bowling as well. So it's been nice to do that. Um, and, and as a team, it's been going good. So, uh, you know, on and off the pitch, it's been enjoyable getting up to the club and seeing everyone again. Do you think that, you, you know, your the skills that you picked up on the cricket field have helped you in your career off the field at all? I think yeah, there's definitely transferable skills, um, you know, from, from just being a sportsman. Um, and I think that helps you in terms of future employers. They, they kind of like the, the drive that, that sportsmen have. They kind of have a one-track mind of I want to do this and, and it's things like that where people knuckle down and get things done um, that, that maybe employers look for 
and and they think, oh, that's a really good attribute to, to kind of have in my business. I know that's helped me. Because um, when I, when I went into my new job, kind of the, the um, kind of work ethic that I had probably transferred over to that, and they they kind of noticed that and were happy to kind of stick by me and and keep going with it even in the early stages where I probably didn't know that what I was doing that much. So um, I think things like that uh, definitely help. They're, they're definitely transferable, and they kind of looked looked upon uh, in a good light in the kind of wider uh, wider working world um and then also kind of things like you know you, the pressures of now that I've, i'm kind of higher up and where i'm working there's the pressures that are like the different pressures but they're pressures that you experience you know playing it in a, in a game and stuff like that not not the same but kind of the, the pressures of work getting bringing you know, money home to your family making sure you can kind of keep on developing in your role those things that i think you know, it can definitely be transferred from from being a solid you know, professional while you're playing cricket to being a solid professional while you're you're in the working uh, you know wider working world, as it as it say. And um, what would you say? You know, you you were involved in cricket for for you know a good decade and a half, and then and into then life outside cricket. What were the the main differences for you with regards to you know looking at it just as employment? What were the main differences for you going into the real world, for want of a better phrase? I think the thing with the thing with cricket, it kind of, and I'm sure any sport, it goes from being a hobby to um, to then being a, an occupation and a job where you're expected to kind of, you know, score runs or get wickets and perform, um, and and that doesn't happen with with your working life, you know, your working life is always a, it's a job. It's not necessarily always a hobby. It can be for some people, but I think it's trying to learn that you can enjoy something outside of the cricket environment um, as much as you did, as, as much as the cricket when it was a hobby. I think also you find that when people go from playing sport as a hobby to then it becoming an occupation, it can be very easy to lose the reason why you played the job that played the, the hobby in the first place, the enjoyment of it, because the pressures come in on, on, uh, on t- uh, mm. terms of kind of having to earn and live in and perform. And the same can be said for kind of your work outside of that. You need to kind of try and bring enjoyment to it, because if you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to succeed in it anyway. You know, you're not going to stick to it. You're not going to try and put as, as much effort in. And I think for both working cricket and working outside, Trying to bring as much enjoyment to the game or to the occupation will definitely help in terms of making you more successful, making you drive more, want want to do it because that's ultimately the main thing. You can't, you know, you'll be quite unhappy if you're in a job that you don't want to be doing, or and and, and that's at that point that's when you you know it's time to probably get out of that job. Mm-hmm. But trying to bring enjoyment to it is is definitely a positive. And you know, thinking about your career on on the cricket field, what what would you what were your career highlights when you were playing? I think, uh, well, for for me, I think, and for many of the guys in the squad, it, you can't look past 2012. Mm. I think as a whole season when we we won Div Two and got promoted, um, just had, it was a great time. Like the, everything kind of we did went well, and we had a great start. And the team that we had wasn't wasn't full of, you know, superstars that, that kind of Yorkshire's 
have and Surrey's have. It was it, it was a proper team because we you know we enjoyed everyone's each other's company. The two overseas guys that we had that split the season, they they were kind of like younger back there, obviously younger back then, and kind of trying to improve their games. They weren't a 35 year old international that was coming over just to get some more money. They were actually over here because they wanted to improve. Um, we had a core of about five or six um, you know, more experienced guys, guys like Mads, Grunners, um, Wes, um, that, that kind of were the core of the team alongside myself and TP and Ross as young, younger guys that were having kind of breakthrough seasons back then. And everything just went really well. We kind of got on a roll, and, and especially early on, we got on a roll and really like, rode that wave um, and just really enjoyed it as we were doing it. We had a little blip, say, three quarters of the way through the season, which went on until probably the last game, which we needed to win. And, and that was, you know, Cab the Sky cameras there when we, we actually did it, but not just got promoted, you know, we actually won the title. Was, that was pretty special. So I, I, I don't think I can look past 2012 as being a highlight, really. And I mean, you, you haven't accepted, you, you think you scored over a thousand runs that year and nominated for. For breakthrough player of the year in the championship, so you know clearly it was a really good year for you. Yeah, I'm not sure I got that many. I didn't get. I don't know if I got a thousand. I got around 800, I think. But it was. I it was my best season. I I, I really enjoyed it. Got a couple of monkeys off my back where I got my first hundred, and and then got followed up my second. Um. So you know, obviously, you're going to enjoy it more when you're doing well personally. Yeah, it was it was all about the team. Um, but it made it even more special the fact that I managed to to contribute um, in that batting that batting lineup um, quite well. Uh, so yeah, I was really happy with that, really proud. Would you say that was the best side you played in? Um, as a as a team, yeah, I think not individually in terms of like the, the players. We had teams in kind of like two thousand and. I don't know, 2009, you know, Chris Rogers, and uh, we had some like Robin Peterson and and guys like that that we should have done better with. I think 2010 was the year where we should we should have done better with that time, that team. We had uh, Waggy, Greg Smith, uh, Bucky, uh, yeah, Robin Peterson. We had a really strong um, kind of experienced uh, side in, in, in that year. And Piper was still beyond sticks as well, so and we didn't really do as well as as we should have. And I think it shows that in um, in 2012 we probably ha- didn't have the bookie, we didn't have the Robin Peterson, but we did have kind of the unity uh, amongst the guys. It was really really fantastic. Do you do you still go and watch county cricket? Are you, are you still involved in any way? You you know go and see the old, the guys that you played with at Derby at Leicester. Or do you keep yourself away? Well, yeah, I, I struggle to get down there uh, with obviously work, and I've got kids uh, at home now, and I'm playing in the, at the weekend, so it's tough to kind of take a day off off work to to go and watch. But this year, I think as some of the players at the Caps have got their like life memberships through, so speaking to my nine-year-old and uh, saying that I was going to take him, I was going to take him to. Um, quite a few games this year to go and watch them, try and catch up with them, go to like Chesterfield as well, because I always enjoyed Chesterfield. Yeah. Um, and just kind of try and introduce him more to it. Um, 
because he, he doesn't really understand what I used to used to do, and he kind of watched it on telly. And he, if I say like, you know, I used to do that, he'd, he'd look at me like I was mental. So um, <laughs> it'd be nice to kind of take him, show him around where I used to play, and that's uh, if we get in cricket this year. But um, we'll always be next year, I suppose. And um, if someone turned around to you tomorrow and said, Dan, we'd like you to come and play back in the professional game again, would that be would would that be an easy decision to make? Yeah, I think um, purely because where I'm at with my career outside of cricket now, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I, I, what I'd love to do is I'd love to say, let me play. A few games. Let me play that three games. See how see how I get on. I I probably get hurt, but um, I'd just like to kind of like see, yeah, how I could go back into it. Um, but I, in terms of having a another contract or you know using it as a job, like I say, I'm I'm coming up to thirty on Saturday. If I'm lucky, I'd probably have a couple of years. I don't think, and I'm not even at the level that I need anywhere near the level that I need to be to go back and play. So I think. Mm-hmm. It'd be a pretty easy decision for me, and, and with kids as well, it's not the easiest. Um, it's not the easiest occupation on, on kind of life and stuff like that. So I think it would be quite disruptive to us uh, to to go back into that. Not that I can see that chance coming any time soon. So I'm going to worry about that one. <laughs> Your career outside of cricket, where where do you see that going for in in the future? I mean, you've had, you've done. Uh, from just, the sounds of it, you've done really well. So, do you see that sort of continual upward trend going? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I always kind of look to the next. What's the next thing that I can do now? I'm marketing manager. I'm hoping that kind of there's, there's a, a step above that, uh, whether it's a company I'm at now or, or another company. Um, but also, like always, or, or I'm looking at kind of things in terms of starting starting off my own businesses and kind of um, in terms of advertising business, um, maybe like a mini agency where you kind of um, offer you know, advertising work, creative work um, to smaller businesses. So there are a few opportunities that I'm looking at. Um, but in terms of the marketing, I definitely want to, to progress that uh, and, and move that on to the next level. I, I'm not necessarily happy at the moment in terms of saying, well, I'm at a level that I can. I'm happy to stay at for the rest of my working life. I want to try and move up a little bit and, and keep going. And if you were talking to to Dan Redfern starting out in his professional career back in the early 2000s, what what advice would you give to him now, with hindsight, with regards to a, a career outside of cricket? Um, I think it would it would probably be appreciate appreciate what that time is uh, it's not a long career in cricket so appreciate it you know make a few more sacrifices maybe um, because the time out of cricket is a lot longer than the time in it so if you just make those little extra sacrifices uh, and appreciate w- where you are and what you're doing because it, it is a fantastic job um, you know the, the opportunities the places you get to travel um, it is a brilliant job to be doing especially in the summer when, you know, lovely weather and you're out playing cricket. Um, and, and and also kind of realise why you why you started playing the game in the first place, that you enjoy it. Even the, the tough days, just find a way to keep enjoying it. Um, and hopefully that would 
in turn help help in terms of improving performance and yeah, so I mean, I, I couldn't look back and think of much else I'd say to myself to be honest. And I know it's not retirement because you you you're still working, but if you were if you're going to say what the key to a, a happy retirement from cricket was, what would you say that was? Um, getting getting something else um, that you love doing, finding something that you love doing. Um, because it can be there are things in terms of you know you'll hear a lot of sportsmen that are in teams say and you, you miss changing engines, people that you play with each other day. But if you get back into something away from cricket that replaces that, try and do it as soon as possible and, and put everything into it. You know, give yourself a, something to, to work on, um, something to improve and, and, and try and kind of get past. I found the hardest point was probably the first year after leaving the game. Because I, I, I was still battling with myself. I go, well, should I, have, should I go back? You know, should I keep trying? Um but then as my job kind of progressed and I got further away from the standard that I needed to be at, um, I think I kind of accepted the fact that, that, I, that, that 10 years was a brilliant time and, and that's that's what it was. Um, but I don't think kind of now it, I could go back to that. So I've kind of learned to accept it. I've got to, I, and I, this is uh, one of my sort of cricket sort of foibles is squad numbers. I don't know why, but you, when you moved from Derbyshire to Leicester, you, you changed from 19 to another number. What, was there a, a reason you changed? Was it just that there was a 19 at Leicestershire, or was there some significance? Yeah, no, there was. I asked for it. No, I asked. I asked for number 19, but Tom Wells um, had it, and uh, they, they asked me. If, Oh, they wanted me, them to ask him if he really wanted it, and I said no, I don't bother. We set the apple cart on the first day, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I did ask for number 19, um, but that had gone. So, and, and the numbers that they gave me was like six, which I took. Uh, it was like a nine, and then some numbers in like the 40s or something. So I thought oh, I'll just take the six, um, and and that was the end of the 19. So, was yeah, I wanted the 19. Was there a significance behind 19 for you? No, it was just the first number that was given to me um, at Derbyshire. So, at Derbyshire in 2007, the numbers went up so the the, the staff would have the numbers and then the academy players would have a series of the next um, step of numbers. So, I think it started at 18. It started at 18 or 19. 19 and then 20 I think it's Paul Barrington 21 was uh, testing in it I can't remember but then it went like TP was 23 so there was a series of like academy hmm. um, squad numbers so 19 was the one that was given to me so I just thought well I've had that at, at Dodge all my career so I thought let's try and see if I can keep that but no it's gone unfortunately that's uh, it's, uh, it really sticks for me because I've always been number 19 in every squad I've ever been for cricket. So when I saw that you what were What's the reason behind that? Have you got a story? Again, just, it was just given to me, but I've always liked it since Gaza wore it in Italia 90, showing my age. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, Gaza wore 19 in Italia 19, so it's always just kind of stuck with me that that was my, my number since I ever, I've ever had it. So 
whenever I see anyone, any cricketer wearing number 19, I always wonder if it's the, the same thing with Gaza or if it's just look like you. But. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange how you just like, attach the numbers and you know, I had no reason for wanting 19 at best. I, I just kind of thought, well, I'm attached to that number, so let's just try and have it. But, yeah, it's funny, it's, funny where little superstitions come from. Yeah, especially in cricket, there's, there's a lot of superstitions, I, I can show you. Did you did you have any sort of odd superstitions that you always followed? No, I, was, I think I was, too, I was I'm pretty laid back. I was too laid back to even think about superstitions. Um, you, know, you hear like people put left pad on first, right pad on second, and you know, like stupid ones like Neil McKenzie didn't he? he used to taste his bats to see him or something because someone did it as a prank. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, he, someone did it to him and he scored. Did, yeah. So he did it every I think time. That was it, yeah, so then he yeah he taste his bats to but you hear. You hear some really, really weird ones, um, but I, I never really, never really had them because, well, usually if I did something and I got runs, and then the next day I probably didn't get runs the next day, so that was that other one. So yeah, sixties has never really lasted much for me. Hearing Dan talk of the day that he and Derbyshire won the Division Two title brings back some fantastic memories for me. I was there that day as a Derbyshire fan, pushing my little girl around the boundaries edge in her buggy watching as Derbyshire took the final wicket, lifted the trophy and then celebrated after. I really wish Dan had gone on to become a Derbyshire legend and made that number 19 jersey famous. However, I am equally as pleased to see him doing so well in his career off the field and I really enjoyed hearing his story today and I hope you did too. Thank you for listening and as always I'd love to hear your feedback. Please suggest players that you'd like me to get on the show and questions that you'd like me to ask. The best way to get in touch is on Twitter where you can find me on at Lloydzilla. Keep an eye out for the next episode, which is the first of a two-part series where I talk to an Ashes-winning England captain with over 8,000 Test match runs, and to be quite honest, is cricket broadcasting royalty, as we welcome none other than David Gower back to the pavilion. But for today, that's everything from me. Take care of yourselves and others. Bye-bye for now.